Church Confessional, your weekly Debro podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 149. I hope you are doing awesome, wherever you are. Uh, I'm not sure what time of day you're listening to this, but uh, whatever time of day, I hope that you're having a good day or that it's been a good day. I uh, hope you're feeling refreshed, and I hope you're feeling renewed in the fact that you are not in control. Just say it out loud right now. I am not in control. Hopefully, either that will be like this big relief for you or you'll just freak out, right? <laughs> no, you're not in control. Like God is truly, truly in control. I, I, I really find it interesting. Like this is at the core of what it actually means to be a Christian is that we say he's the king. He knows. He's providential. He's sovereign over all. And yet for so many of us, uh, we struggle with that control. We struggle uh, with that anxiety about what's going to happen tomorrow and who's in government and all these crazy things that are going on, you know, the pandemic. and, And at the core of what it means to be a Christian is truly giving our lives, giving our all over to Jesus and saying, no, it's not about me. It's about you. And so I want to rest in you. So a part of this, as we grow into our understanding of who Christ is, is getting in the good rhythm of repenting. And repenting, man, when you feel like stressed out of your mind and anxious, just to have a moment, you're going, look, God, I'm so sorry. Like, I know you're the king. I know you love me and you see me. Help me get through this. And I think that might be a good posture for this period of time for a lot of us. Just repent. Remind ourselves we're not in control and and really look to him to lead and to guide us. I know it can be scary, um, but I'll be honest. I feel like it's way scarier on the other side, way scarier where, you know, you if you're atheist or agnostic, where you just believe that everything just happens randomly. It's like, no, I I really believe and I take comfort in the fact of a God of order and a God who sees me and a God who loves me. So maybe today rest in that rest in that. Today, wherever you are, take a deep breath. He's got you and he loves you. All right. So I wanted to say thank you for all of you who continue to listen and share. Really appreciate it. And then for those of you who continue to give to this podcast, really appreciate it. Uh, You can do that if you want to at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash front porch confessional or uh you can even pop over a a venmo or a cash app or um, some people have sent checks so if you want to do that uh it's always greatly appreciated thank you so much um for all the listening for all the uh support really really uh appreciate it okay our passage for today and i gotta be honest i was gonna go with a, a another passage in matthew 15 And as I was reading the context of the passage, this one came up and I was like, wow, that is, that is, we, I want to talk about that and I need to deal with that. So uh, here's the passage, uh, Matthew 15, verse 11, it says this, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Um, when I was uh, in college, and my dad and I were kind of struggling and uh, going through a really difficult time, 
And uh, I remember going for a walk with him. And I, it was in this area in, in, in the suburbs where I grew up, and they were developing new homes. So it was like they had broken up all the ground. There were some, like, half-constructed houses. And we used to go for walks around there. Going for walks with my dad has been, I would say, one of my favorite memories with him. Uh, two things, like going for walks with him. And then the other thing that I loved is that we used to play basketball together. So those are, like, two of my favorite things. So this time we're going for a walk. And I know he's really frustrated because I'm making some decisions that he didn't agree with. And I didn't necessarily agree with the, what he was saying and, and what he was asking me to do. And, and so finally we're going back and forth and back and forth. And he looks at me and he said, you're an idiot. Like he just yelled it like loud. And uh, I never, I, I, I left that moment and I went back to college. And to be honest, that was a marking moment in my life. I never realized how marking that moment was. Um, until I really started some counseling and started going, wow, that was a significant thing in my life. Uh, and I'd like to say here, like, my dad's not a bad guy. He's not. In a time of frustration, he was trying to vent, like, how frustrated he was. But that remark, I mean, it, it crushed me. It crushed me for years and years and years. And what, what it's taught me is that our words matter. You know, I think you would all agree with that. Our words matter. And I, I would imagine as I kind of recounted this story about my, my dad and I, uh, many of you have memories that, that you think back on. Maybe somebody said something to you that really cut you down, that really hurt you, right? Or maybe you remember a time when you did that to someone else. And you remember, oh my gosh, I did that to somebody. You know, like I said, my dad's not a, a bad man. You know, he, he spoke in a time of frustration and, and, and it really wounded me. But I came to really understand that, man, I've done the same. I've done that to him, I'm sure. And I've done that to so many people. And there's something that Jesus is trying to go after in this passage. Something he's trying to get us to understand that is so unbelievably important. And so I, I'll continue to tune in here because I think this is really, really important. Um, the book of James, uh, which I love is Jesus's brother, but uh, G, the book of James has this idea about true religion. And if you read in the context of that passage, it's, fan, it's about orphans, caring for orphans and widows. And But I've always loved the idea of that idea of what what is true religion? What is that all about And I always like to expand on the idea of true religion, not adding words to scripture, but actually saying, what is it really? Like we make these confessions about what we believe and how we should live, but what is true religion? What does it mean really? And I really do think it's about how Christ's followers are acting. How are we acting? And this is what Jesus is getting at the heart of, uh, of this passage, He's getting at the religious in this passage, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, right? Those, the people of the law, he's going after them. He's trying to get to the real issue, the real core issue that's going on for them. And I think for so many of us, because the reality is this, is they were so obsessed with all the rules and regulations about what you can eat and what you can't eat, what you can do and what you can't do. Um, and what Jesus is trying to get after with them is this is an issue of the heart. And I want to make this strong statement. It's so true. Jesus is always after our hearts. 
Jesus is always after our hearts because our actions will follow our hearts, either good or bad. It will either display true religion to the world or it will absolutely fly in the face of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ that he died, resurrected and released his grace over all of humanity. Like that's good news. But out of our hearts flow really dangerous things. And this is what's happening in this passage. The context of this passage is that that the religious are struggling with the way that Jesus' disciples, uh, what they're eating, when they're eating, how they're eating, all these different things. And Jesus is like, I'm not saying that's not important. There's something deeper going on inside of here. Something more important. Because the... Because we are, the, we are the sum total of the desires of our hearts. We may say we love Jesus, but we display that by the way we love other people. Like there's so many of us that say, I love Jesus so much. That is displayed and lived out by the way we care and treat everyone else around us. So our conviction about what it means to follow Jesus will be brought to light by how we treat other people. Like that's hard. It's so difficult. It's such a struggle. And I I wonder if we really slow down and consider that really kind of deal with that because Jesus is getting after the getting after these religious people because they're totally missing the mark. And I think I think there's so many of us that are struggling with this and so many in our world that are really struggling with that. And I I have to be honest, this is what's so frustrating for so many of us as it relates to Christian. You know, Gandhi has this, and and I I think I've used this quote before because I really do think it's important. He has this very revealing statement. And he says this, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians do not look like your Christ. And I think he's getting at the heart. And I, I read Gandhi's autobiography. By the way, if you, if you want a good read, read Gandhi's autobiography. Very, very interesting. And basically, Gandhi's on a journey to find true religion. What is it all about? And so he, he meets these Christians. I think he meets them in Africa, South Africa, these missionaries. And he, he, watched them, he watches them violate, violate the scriptures. Like, kind of like what these religious people are doing in the context of this passage. Viol- and, and so as a result of it, he makes this statement. He's like, that can't be true. As he read the scriptures, he was like, I love Jesus. I love the way that Jesus is loving. I love the way that Jesus is caring. I love the way that he comes against the poor and the, or he comes alongside of the poor and the oppressed, right? I love that. But he's like, you're Christians, your followers, they don't look like your Christ. And I think that should be a moment for you and I to go, hmm, where am I at in that? Because Jesus, Jesus is getting after the religious because their religion doesn't match a relational God. In fact, in fact, I think this is so important. In fact, that religion was getting in the way of both their relationship with God and their relationships with others. 
When we start to dig deep, when we start to really dig deep into our hearts, what we really believe is revealed by the words we speak and the way we treat others. If you want to know what you really believe and what you're really about, look at the way, look at your words, look at the way you treat other people. And if I'm ominous, I'm deeply frustrated by many people who call themselves Christ followers. I want to say, I just want to, I want to like get on a soapbox and I want to say, where is the love of Christ in you? How will people see Jesus if we keep cutting each other and others down? And I think our hearts, our hearts are being put on display to a hungry and hurting world. And the thing I'm working through and the thing I'm wrestling with for me personally, and so I'm communicating it here because it's just deep inside me right now, is am I, are we, being light in this world or darkness? Are we being salt or are we just bland? We have to answer this for ourselves and follow the Spirit of God to convict us. This passage is so weighty. It's weighty because Jesus is like, no, 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 no. There's something so much deeper going on that we keep neglecting. There are deep rooted things in our hearts that have, that are coming from somewhere. And by the way, Satan, he just wants to come after you and me. So I Proverbs 4, a passage that we continue to come back to over and over. Proverbs 4 is going to say, guard your hearts. Guard your hearts because everything flows from the heart. It impacts everything we do. Everything. And Jesus is trying to get to these religious people's hearts and saying, you're caring about all the wrong stuff. It's not like they're bad people. They're not bad people. They're just completely misguided completely misled in the way they're displaying their love for God. These are faithful in this passage, faithful Jewish people, but they've neglected the God of the universe and they've neg- because they've neglected the people of God. And this is what's being exposed in you and in me right now and in our world. And I, that's why I want to challenge us to be a light, to be salt, to be a city on a hill for the world to see. And it just, it feels like this is what God has been doing in my heart. And so I bring it here because I just feel so passionate about it right now. Because Jesus exposes our hearts because it's his heart to display his love for you and the world. So the question is this, do your words and actions display the love of Christ? Father God, we need you. We need your help. Continue to do your exposing work in us, Spirit of God. Reveal to us those deep, dark places in our hearts where we neglect your good news for ourselves and for other people. Teach us, guide us, and lead us for your glory and honor. So, take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you in your own heartbeat. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.